On August 11, 2023, a Kansas newspaper called the Marion County Record was raided by the local police force. According to NPR, the police seized computers, personal cell phones, and a router, but all items were released Wednesday after the county prosecutor concluded there wasn't enough evidence to justify the action. The reason stated for the raid was that the police force believed that one of the reporters had committed a crime by accessing the driver's records of a local restaurant owner. Reporter Phyllis Zorn, Marion County Record editor and publisher Eric Meyer, and the newspaper's attorney said no laws were broken when Zorn accessed a public state website for this information. Prior to the raid, the paper had been looking into allegations of misconduct made by prior colleagues against police chief Gideon Cody, which raises questions about motivations behind the raid. This story has become a central point in discussions regarding free press in this country, as local publications often act as central and vital investigative forces in cities. To learn more about legal aspects surrounding the story and the policies which protect the press, I spoke with Jim Wagstaff, a practicing lawyer who represents the media on regular occasions and who's taught law at San Francisco State and Stanford. And today we're here to talk about this recent newspaper raid that occurred in Marion County, Kansas. And so what happened was the county's police chief, Gideon Cody, initiated a raid on a local newspaper, a raid at the publisher's residence and also at the home of a city councilwoman. And the reason he did so was because of a state belief that one of Marion County Records reporters committed identity theft by accessing the driver records of a restaurant owner. Um, so first, do you know of any way the paper could be guilty of identity theft by accessing these driver's records? Well, obviously journalists are not above the law and if they commit crimes, they're liable. But there's nothing in this, this particular story I'm aware of that uh, provides what the law calls probable cause to believe that the reporters were actually committing a crime. Uh, it, it's, there's certainly the background information seems to suggest that the, uh, there was a, at, to be kind, a thin-skinned public official who didn't like criticism and uh, was uh, looking to get information and did so by way of a search warrant, which is very problematic under the law. Right. And so I'm, I'm assuming you've been watching this case play out. Uh, why is it of such interest for so many legal experts? Well, it, anytime we have the, 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 uh, the nose of the police camel underneath the press's tent, we get concerned that uh, the watchdog function of the press could be compromised by way of chilling effect and the fear of being brought into a criminal proceeding and frankly, just seizing the work product of journalists. That's why the law has given such great protections to journalists in this area for, oh, oh well, you know, 40 years. Right. And um, this particular newspaper was known for being a hard-hitting source and potentially one of the only investigative publications in the area. Um, as someone who specializes in privacy, are there certain federal privacy laws you believe this raid may have violated that might specifically have to do with the press? Yes. Well, you know, it's, it's uh, if you'll forgive me a, a brief walk through history. In the late 70s, the United States Supreme Court decided a case involving my alma mater, Stanford University, Zerker, Z-U-R-C-H-E-R versus the Stanford Daily. And at that time, uh, the local police had, done, had got a search warrant of the Stanford Daily newspaper's offices to get information they thought was relevant to uh, uh, the uh, investigation of, of, of demonstrations on campus. And it went all the way to Supreme Court. And at that time, Justice White, on behalf of the court, held journalists aren't above the law. They're subject to search warrants like every other citizen. 
So there was a reaction in, in, uh, the, in Congress and frankly, in many states that said, we can't allow police to just get search warrants of reporters. So they passed the Federal Privacy Protection Act in uh, 1980. And uh, for your listeners who are uh, taking notes, it's 42 United States Code, Section 2000, little a, little a. And that code section says that there shall be no search warrants of the press uh, for their work product or their documentary materials that they're preparing for publication or dissemination of the public. In other words, even though regular citizens might be subject to a search warrant, we're going to give extra protection to the press to give them independence. Now, let's be clear. If there's evidence that the, that the journalist is committing a crime or is uh, possessing criminal information, well, they don't, they don't get a free pass there. This is, for the, this is, to, this is to prevent, under the law, uh, the, uh, the uh, police from getting search warrants of the, of the press uh, or journalists for their work product. To, and, and then the idea is to prevent them from being harassed. Many states, my, our home state here in California, in Penal Code Section 1524G, as in great, uh, says if, if a journalist has shield law protections, you know, confidential sources, et cetera, they, you can't get a search warrant for it. And we've had some cases. So to answer your question, this is of concern because in an era where people can be very critical of the press, we may need to be more vigilant in protecting them. Right. And is this specific case an anomaly or has there been a trend regarding First Amendment right violations for newspapers in recent history? Well, it's somewhere between an anomaly and trend. It's a good question. It is not an anomaly. For better or worse, we've seen police uh, and search warrants issued of members of the press. In California, we had a fellow named Brian Carmody, who was a, a fairly recently, uh, who was, you know, gathering information as a, a as a uh, freelancing videographer who was involved in the press. And th there was a search warrant of his materials, of his materials and his computer information and, and videos, because they said he knew something about a, a case they were investigating involving a public defender who'd, who'd, been, who'd killed himself. And so uh, that became a very high profile case. Ultimately, the journalist won and said, you can't get a But what you're finding is that um, uh, the police are issuing search warrants, notwithstanding this over 40 year old law. And so uh, I would say it's not a trend, but it's happening more often than one would imagine. Okay, and what should people, especially those who work in journalism take away from this case? Well, I think what you should take away from this case is that there are protections under the law to preclude search warrants. The notion that journalists are just like any other citizen is, uh, is not accurate. They are their, they're our fourth estate. They serve as the watchdog of the public. They, they, as in this case in Marion, they are, you know, it looks like what they're doing is, is having some pretty hard hitting journalism on alleged misconduct of public officials and the police. And so we don't want to uh, encourage uh, the police or public officials for that matter from retaliating against the press because of bad coverage. They have remedies. If they're defamed, they can sue. If the journalist is literally committing a crime, they can get a search warrant. But if you're seeking to get to chill the press by saying, my God, if you're doing a story, your your uh, your cell phone, your computer, as in this case, uh, this case involved, you know, looking into their computer records and, and other information. This is now the government watchdogging uh, being instead of instead of the press watchdog, it's the government watchdogging the press. That's not allowed. Now, I should say one other thing. There are some areas in the country that allow you to bring a lawsuit if you're the subject of an improper search warrant. 
Some areas say no, but it's in the Ninth Circuit where we are in California, there's case law that says that if you are the victim of an illegal search warrant of the press, you can bring a lawsuit to not only resist and quash the search warrant, but actually seek damages from the people who violated your rights. Uh, and remember that the, one of the tougher issues, I have to tell you, is whether someone's a journalist. I had a case in which my client was a student journalist. And there were some arguments made, he's not a real journalist. He's just a student. And we persuaded the court that he's entitled to all the protections against illegal search warrants. But what about a blogger? What about someone who's uh, uh, you know, a freelancer? What about someone who's, uh, uh, so the idea of what, whether someone's a, a journalist becomes an issue. But certainly if it's work product, like your computer, your cell phone, let's suppose yeah, a journalist covering a story and the police don't like the journalist taking pictures on their cell phone, right? and they grab it from them. Well, that's not proper. Journalists have rights to be free from their private materials being taken by the police by search warrant or otherwise. So hopefully what'll happen is that judges will be aware of the Federal Privacy Protection Act and our government, our, our you know, our, our, pro, our uh, you know, you know our, our criminal code here in California that to protect journalists from these kind of search warrants. Okay, great. And then did you have anything else you wanted to add? Well, I wanna, I wanna say that that it's important to recognize that, uh, you know, there's an old cartoon where the, a snowman is lying on a psychiatrist's couch and, and, and the psychiatrist says, you're not like other precipitation. That's for sure, journalists aren't. Journalists have a unique role in our society to investigate and report. And we wanna give them independence. And that means independence from search warrants that are improper. It means independence from subpoenas where you're seeking to get confidential information. It means independence, unless, the journalist is committing a crime, or unless on balance, the journalist is the only source of the information. So I think that what this case tells us is that people like you are doing stories about it because it matters. With KCSB News, I'm Zoha Malik.